Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. At the end of this episode, please take a moment to download our app so you can keep up with everything happening at Creekwood. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Hello, Creekwood Church. I'm Randy Ayers, and I am honored and excited to be a part of your series, Strong Families. One day, I'm hoping that Pastor Stephen will actually let me come to Mansfield and be on campus and speak live, fingers crossed. But for now, I'll settle for video. I'll tell you, I love your pastors. Stephen and Thalissa are truly the best. In fact, Pastor Stephen is my closest friend. And I'll tell you the thing that I love most about him is he makes me wanna be better. He makes me wanna be nicer. He makes me wanna be more generous because that's who he is. I'm so thankful to have him in my life. He is the real deal. Okay, let's talk about strong families. We've all heard the saying, it takes a village to raise a child. I don't know that I have ever fully subscribed to that saying exactly, but I have said this, that I want as many voices as possible speaking into my boys' lives, saying the same things that I'm saying. Kelly and I have three boys. They're 27, 25, and 16. And we've always felt this way. Because there's no doubt that having additional voices saying the same thing that we're saying will help make them stronger. It's gonna lead them better and it is no doubt going to serve them well. But for us specifically, that meant having godly voices. We wanted as many godly voices as possible speaking into our boys' lives, believing that that was better for everyone, and it really would help us to be a strong family. So I guess maybe I do subscribe to that saying, it takes a village to raise a child. But I would say this, but with conditions, I want a godly village with godly voices strengthening our family. With that being said, today what I wanna do is I wanna talk about having a godly village for our family and creating that godly village as a church where we can strengthen all families. Let's talk about having a godly village first. Parents, let me speak to you first here. This is where we have to. In fact, say say it with me, say have to. Yeah, we have to lean in and be engaged in leading well and leading strong in regards to our family. What I mean by that is there has to be a godly circle or a godly environment that we are intentionally placing our family and our children in. We have to have an environment that we're surrounding them with. For us in our household, that was always the church at every age and at every level. 
We loved when our kids were in kids ministry and having the other adults and students working in there, that they were pouring into our kids, saying the same things that we were saying, helping to, to build and strengthen that foundation. We loved when they were in the student ministry. And again, the godly voices of leaders helping to guide them in the same way and in the same direction that we would, specifically when they didn't want to hear it from me or hear it from their mom. We loved the positive influence of small groups where they could talk about real life and specifically the things that they were dealing with and they could ask questions. We loved the, the relationships that we developed with other families in the church. Specifically, I love when, when other parents say the same thing that I've been saying. Now, I, I wanna be the first to say this. We never thought that it was the church's responsibility to raise our boys, but we knew this, that the church was there to partner with us so that we could get the end results we wanted. Grown men, loving God, living and leading well in their families and with their lives and serving and investing others through the local church. My wife, Kelly and I, we've always fought for that and we will always fight for that. I think the, the, the story of Nehemiah from the Old Testament speaks powerfully to this point. The Bible says that, that the city of Jerusalem had been destroyed by enemy armies and God sends Nehemiah back to that city to oversee the rebuilding. However, in the middle of rebuilding, they also had to still be on guard. They also still had to protect the city from future attacks. And at one point, Nehemiah specifically reminds them, chapter four, verse 14, he tells them, don't be afraid of your enemies. Remember the Lord, he is great and powerful. And then he goes on and says this, so fight for your families, fight for your sons and your daughters, fight for your wives and your homes. I'll tell you, Creekwood, that story provides a physical picture of a spiritual truth. That is what we need to be doing in the spiritual. What they did in the physical, we need to do in the spiritual. We need to fight for our families. What does that mean? It means that we need to pray as if we're fighting for them. It means that we need to make decisions knowing that we're fighting for our sons, our daughters, our families. We need to prioritize properly in our homes. Why? Because we're fighting for our families and we need to surround them with a godly village that will reinforce everything that's being poured into them. That's fighting for them. Now, I need to tell you this. I know the church is not perfect. I know that and I've experienced that. But I also believe this, that done right, the church is incredibly beneficial. And I want to unpack that a little bit today and point out some specifics. What do I mean that the church is beneficial? 
The first thing I want to highlight is this, is that the church is God's idea and it's powerful. The church really is God's idea and done right, it's powerful. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. That says the church is his plan. And it also says the church is powerful. Powerful in in so many ways. But again, I wanna be specific. It means that the church is powerful for those who participate in it. The church is powerful for those who steep their lives in it. The church is powerful for those who are surrounded, supported, built up, and encouraged by others in the church. Ultimately, making it powerful for our families. But I'll tell you what, it's also powerful for a watching world. I've always loved the quote, better together. Because it's more than just a great sounding quote. It's true. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse nine says, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Again, I think it's important for me to be specific in talking about the the power that the church adds to our family. Here's one thing. The church can help strengthen our family. Remember the church is God's idea and it's powerful and it's powerful because it can help strengthen our family, church relationships and church friendships for us, for our family, for our kids. They strengthen us. The, the, the teaching that happens at church, it strengthens us. The kids ministry and students ministry strengthens our kids. Worship, small groups, camps, retreats, conferences, serving opportunities. They all serve to strengthen us. They all work together to reinforce the foundation of our lives. They're they're strengthening our, our beliefs. They're strengthening our morals, our values. They're strengthening our standards. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. Old Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Those three Hebrew young men are a great example of that thought and what is shared in Ecclesiastes 4, that two are better than one. You see, those three young men, they didn't bow down to the idol that was built by the king. Now, I'm sure that they didn't bow down, first of all, because they knew God's word. And they knew that they were not supposed to have any other God in their lives. But in addition to that, I would also say this, that they stood strong and they stood powerful because they had each other and they encouraged one another. They helped one another. They strengthened one another to do what? To stand. It's a great example of a godly village, a great example of the church and the power associated with it. The church strengthens our families. But again, I think there's even more than that. In addition to strengthening our family, the church being God's idea and being powerful, the church can help to protect our family. We need protecting 
First Peter chapter five, verse eight says this, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. Why? Because he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. The word picture there is pretty incredible and pretty powerful. It reminds us the enemy is real and he's looking for an opportunity to pounce, hurt, and destroy. And let me tell you, those at risk the most are those who are disconnected, alone, and by themselves. They, they, they become his target. Why? Because they're easy targets. However, when we have a church when we are steeped in it, our lives are surrounded by it, we are not alone. We have godly people. We have godly voices. That strengthens us, but that also protects us. In that environment, there's power and wisdom and encouragement for better decisions. Power, wisdom, and encouragement for better choices, better actions, better lifestyles, all things that protect us. Again, the church is not perfect and the church is not all that we do, but another layer of protection, absolutely. We need the church to protect us. On top of this, I think that this is an important point because we're living in a time when loneliness is at record highs. Suicide specifically a young, amongst young people at record highs. So we need to lead our families to a village that can strengthen them and protect them. Let me identify one other point. The church also does this. The church can help grow our families. Hebrews chapter six, verse one says, we must grow as believers. The truth is discipleship and spiritual growth is what we do as a church week in and week out. Again, in teaching, in relationships, in small groups, kids ministry, student ministry, in all the ministries of the church, the church is a powerful avenue for growth. Not the only avenue, but I think that we could probably make an argument that it is the primary Avenue. We've got to have a godly village. We all need that in our lives. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 23 says this. I love it from the message paraphrase. It says, The church you see is not peripheral or secondary to the world, but the world is peripheral or secondary to the church. That's true. That's true in my life. That's true in your life and that is true in the lives of our children. We've got to have that godly village. With that being said, I wanna talk about the other side now. I wanna talk about creating a godly village. Now here is where our, our audience for this message grows a little bit. It grows, I think, to maybe include those you feel like your family is strong all right, we're gonna pull you in. I need you to lean in at this point. It also includes those of you that 
that maybe would say, hey, we're in a different season of life. We're, we're past the, the children raising season. We're in a different season of life. I'd say, hey, we need you because we need everyone in regards to creating now a godly village here at Creekwood Church. I think most of us would probably agree with this. We live in a crazy world. And the pace of change, honestly, it feels mind-blowing at times. However, the truth is, I think probably every generation has felt this same way to some degree. And in those moments, believers in the past, they stepped up and they stepped in. In fact, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 39 would probably have been one of their theme verses. It says this, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith. I mean, this is where we have to dig in our heels as believers. Creekwood, we have to declare this is our generation This is our opportunity. We have to make our investment here and now. I love what was spoken over David's life in Acts chapter 13. It says that David served God's purpose in his own generation. In other words, David didn't sit back and watch things unfold in his generation. David didn't just complain about his generation or the culture and the society at that time. David didn't just wish for something else to happen or for someone else to come along and do something about it. But instead, David stepped up and David stepped in to that moment. I'm challenging us, Creekwood. Let's step up and let's step in in this moment in creating that that godly village, we, we need that. Specifically, let's step up and step in in prayer. This is an area in my life where I feel like the Lord has kind of been speaking to me. Specifically, I've had a situation where I've been frustrated and I've been complaining about it. It actually has to do with the spiritual direction, or maybe I would say the lack of spiritual direction at the Christian school that our youngest son goes to. As a pastor, I just feel like they're missing some opportunities where they could really invest even more in this generation. And recently, when I was out on my morning walk where I pray, man, I was convicted about this. And I'll tell you the reason why I was convicted is because I've been complaining about this situation to my wife. I've been complaining in my spirit about this situation. But honestly, I haven't been praying about it. When in reality, prayer is the most powerful and effective thing that I could do about it. And I just really feel like the Lord has been speaking to me about this. Randy, pray about this. Stop complaining about it. Step up and step in. And I just wanna challenge us. We need to treat the things that we're seeing in our culture and our society and in this generation the same way. Change starts with prayer. 
impact starts with prayer. Specifically, hearts are softened through prayer. Situations change through prayer. Why? Because prayer goes where I can't go and prayer does what I can't do. That is the, the, the thought behind the passage of scripture, James chapter five, verse 16. It says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. So that challenges us. Now let's pray. Let's pray for our culture. Let's pray for our leaders at, at every level, whether we, whether we voted for them or not, there are leaders and scripture says, let's pray for them. Let's pray over the next generation. Let's step up and step in in prayer. I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm going to pray about this situation. In addition to that, I wanna challenge us to step up and step in in love. I know for me, I can get really frustrated with culture and society. I get frustrated, I think, because I feel like they're always trying to cram their agenda down my throat. It's frustrating and it makes it difficult for me to really love like I need to love. But here's the thought, knowing that in my prayer over culture and over society, I need to ask God to give me a heart for people, to give me a love for people, a heart and love for people that are lost, a heart and love for people who are hurting, a heart and love for people who are lonely, a heart and love for people who are searching, a heart and love for people who are confused, a heart and love for people who are different than me. I, I know this about Randy Ayers. I can't love well in my own ability and in my own strength. So I have to have God's help. And I'll tell you, when we ask him to do that, it will be seen, it will be noticed, and it will make a difference. John 13, 35 says this, your love and my love for one another will prove to the world that we are his disciples. God help us to step up and to step in, in prayer and in love. And then I've got one more point and then I'm done. Let's step up and step in, in serving. Remember, we're talking about creating this godly village. And I'll tell you, I wanna speak to this area equally as, as strong as I did the others. Creekwood, the truth is, there are dozens of places where you can serve at your church to strengthen it so that it is a strengthening place, so that it is a protecting place, so that it is the growing place that God intends it to be. You know the ministries. You got kids ministry, students ministry, hospitality, parking, creative worship, facilities, small groups, outreach. I mean, the list goes on and on and on, but here's the clincher. Without you, say without me. Yeah, without you finding your place, the church is limited. Without you, the church 
is less effective without you, our church and our reach is not as far. We need the church and the church needs us. That is a powerful combination. But here's the truth. Some of us are in a soaking season. And we've been in this soaking in season for too long. Now hear me, there's nothing wrong with soaking in. But listen, we soak in so that we have something to give out. Matthew chapter nine, verse 37, Jesus says something powerful. And I wanna take it and I wanna put it in context of, of this message and what we're living in today. He said this, the harvest is great, but the workers are few. Let's put that into context of what we're talking about today. And I think it would maybe sound something like this. The community is ready, but the church is not. So I would say this, let's get ready. Let's get ready now. Specifically, I think that, that Creekwood is in, in, a, in a, an exciting place and an exciting season. And I would say this, I mean, let's get ready for that amazing new campus that is under construction so that when it's complete and when it opens up, I mean, we hit the ground running. We're not limping. We're not just getting by. We hit the ground running. What's the goal? I mean, the goal is strong families. Strong families for us and strong families for our community. So let's steep ourselves into the life and building of a great church. In fact, I want to leave you with two questions today to, to ponder, to consider, and to allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you about. The first is this. What changes do I need to make in my home that will help lead us to be a stronger family? What changes do I need to make in my home that will lead us to a stronger family? And the second question is this, is where is God calling me to step up and step in at Creekwood? We all need to step up and step in in prayer. We all need to step up and step in in loving. But I wanna challenge you, we all need to step up also and step in in serving. I wanna invite one of the Creekwood staff to come and to lead us in this moment. And, and as they do, I wanna speak this over us. Holy Spirit, speak to us today. Show us things that we can do to strengthen our families. But also, Holy Spirit, show us where we can get plugged in at Creekwood so that we are the godly village our community needs in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, we want to partner with you on this journey. Learn more about taking your next steps by visiting our website at creekwoodchurch.com or by downloading the Creekwood app. We look forward to hearing from you.